Hi, it's Father Rick, and I want to welcome you to St. Michael's Episcopal Church. I'm really glad you found us. Please know that we accept you wherever you are on your spiritual journey, and we trust that God will take you where you need to be, right in God's timing. We're just glad that you're here with us, and we hope you enjoy today's sermon. God bless. Oh God, you are here, Lord, and we are here. May we be here together, and may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Good morning. It's good to see everyone. You know, you get brownie points at certain times of the year. I like to bring these up, and it happens to be when you have to set your clocks forward an hour, and you still make it, you get it brownie points. So just know that. All right. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing. Do you all hear the longing in those words from Jesus in our gospel this morning? How often I have desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. You hear the longing in his heart? Longing. Do you know the feeling of longing? You know, it's that ache of sensing that something vital is missing in your life. Something like maybe more meaning or more connection of some sort or more energy, more of something. You know what I'm talking about? And that root word for longing means to yearn after, uh, to grieve for it. You want it so badly inside your soul that you're grieving for it. Literally, it means to grow long, to lengthen. So I ask you this morning to think about this uh, in one word. In one word, what do you long for most in your life? Intimacy, community, purpose, peace, uh, joy. Do you have a longing that you can name? You know, sometimes we feel that longing inside us. It's just kind of in there, deep within us, in our maybe our unconscious, and and, and it's just in there, but we feel something drawing us, pulling us. You know what I'm talking about? But we can't necessarily name it. And I wonder if the thing that you're longing for, the longing, is actually what's longing for you. Have you ever thought about that? That what you're longing for may be the very thing that's longing for you. What if I told you that the one thing or one of the main things that God longs for most in God's life is you? What if I told you the thing that God most longs for in God's life is you? Have you ever considered yourself as one whom God longs for? Have you ever considered that? That God longs for you. Isn't that beautiful? That's amazing, isn't it? 
And yet, this is what today's gospel reading from Luke is ultimately all about. It's about God's longing for us, for you. Luke invites us to contemplate Jesus as a mother hen whose chicks don't want her. Don't make a joke, Father Rick. Don't make a joke. Though she stands with her wings wide open, offering welcome and belonging and shelter, longing for her children to come home to her, they refuse her invitation. Our gospel picks up with Jesus as he's headed toward Jerusalem. That's the seat of political and social power where the rulers of the day made their home and where the cross awaits him. And the Pharisees come to Jesus and they report that Herod wants to kill Jesus. They tell Jesus to run away and save his life. And yet Jesus refuses. And then he says, go tell that fox for me, listen, I'm casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will finish my work. See, Jesus wasn't about to be distracted from his primary spiritual aim. And that is the rescue and the redemption and the reconciliation of us, God's people, God's creation, back to God. In the ancient Greek in the modern English, and in the modern English, fox can mean craftiness or cleverness. But in the Hebrew and perhaps Aramaic, um, uh, speakers like Jesus, it would mean something more like insignificant, morally depraved poser. Can you imagine that? Tell that insignificant, morally depraved poser that I've come to do a work and I'm not going to be distracted. It would be more like calling somebody in today's terms a weasel or a jackass. Tell that jackass, I've got work to do that God sent me to do. I'm not afraid. See, Jesus goes to Jerusalem not to become a hero, not to prove himself as fearless, not to make a sacrifice uh, for sin to a mean and angry and judgmental God. No, Jesus goes to Jerusalem and he embraces the cross that awaits him there out of profound love for humanity. Y'all heard it. John 3.16 for God was so angry at the world. No, for God so loved the world that he gave. He sent his son not to condemn the world, but that through him that the world may be made whole. Jesus goes there and embraces the cross that awaits him out of profound love for humanity. A mother's fearless love that will stop at nothing to protect her children. And he's unafraid of Herod, and he's unafraid of dying. And he commits to embrace his destiny for the sake of all of us. As the very embodiment of the ultimate sacrifice of God's love, for Jesus, ultimately, Jerusalem is the road that leads to us because God's deepest longing is for you. In the heart of God, His deepest longing is for you to be at home with Him. 
It's just like my mama used to call me. When are you coming home? And then I would tell her, and she'd go, what do you want to cook? What do you want to eat? She was excited. She longed to see me, right? And you know if you're a mother or a grandmother how you like being around the grandkids or your kids or whatever. There's a longing there. God has that same longing, that deep longing. But Jesus' reaction after he's been told of the threat of Herod is kind of surprising. He says, how often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you are not willing. He characterizes the city as those killing their prophets, killing those people sent by God. But his response is one of compassion, just like a mother. Jesus aches to gather Jerusalem under God's loving wings. Jesus longs to comfort those who would reject him. He sees Jerusalem as vulnerable chicks in need of their mother's protection and longs to offer that same protection, that same salvation to the very people who, where he will spread out his wings, his arms, and reveal his heart and die. Jesus embodies what God has always done. Jesus, God, longs for his creation Fundamentally, Christianity has nothing to do about our disciplined pursuit of God. It's about God's relentless pursuit of us all the way to the cross. We don't go seeking God per se. It is God that comes seeking us. And when God looks at us, this is the gospel. Um, this is the reality of the story. When God looks at us, an eternal, boundless love wells up inside of God. And throughout history, throughout scriptures, God in his love searches for us, longs to rescue, longs to feed, longs to lead, and restore God's people back into under his loving wings. This is what God has consistently done. Jesus longs and grieves for his lost and wandering children. And so I want you to think about this. I want you to contemplate this. I want you to choose this and choose to chew on it. That I, I am the one in whom God longs for. God longs for me. See, unfortunately, though, Jerusalem does not want to be gathered up under the salvation of Jesus. They're the little ones, if you will, the little chicks who won't come home. Now, as I prepared this sermon, I wondered, what makes people resist and reject God? Especially a God who loves, wants to heal, restore, renew, a God who wants to embrace them. wonder what it makes, makes people resist and reject God. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, I wonder how I've been like Jerusalem. How have you been like Jerusalem? 
How have I been like Jerusalem, blind and deaf to the promise of new life offered freely in and through Christ, unable to believe and receive the possibility of this future that God has destined for us, that God wants something good for you, for me, for us, unwilling to be gathered under the God's wings of new life. wonder why people reject that and resist that. Why do people neglect and ignore Christ's cry to come home? Have you ever thought about that? Why do people surrender to fear instead of surrender to love? Is it that they don't trust in God's love? Do they have an image of God that is kind of like Tony Soprano or whatever? What, what is it? What is it? Is it pride? Do they don't think they need it? Is it the illusion of self-sufficiency of some way? Is it the immaturity, you know, like of not wanting to grow up and take responsibility for their lives? Is it shame? could be shame that they think they're too unworthy, and so they try to defend that. Maybe it's guilt, you know, they don't think they deserve that love. How often have I desired to gather you? This is Jesus' lamentation for all that could have been in this world, for this chaotic, or as Ray Davy says, this mixed up, meddled up, shook up world, right? This world that's clueless. It's a lamentation for the real limits with which we live as human beings. God grieves. God longs, right? You are not willing. Jesus tells his wondering children, you would not come back. You would not relinquish your right to yourself, not even when your life depended on it. If you've ever loved someone, or maybe I should ask, have you ever loved someone? Someone that you truly wanted to help. You could see, you know, things they couldn't see necessarily. Maybe they were lost in addiction or something. Or, or maybe in the pursuit of a bad relationship, you know, and you could just see this is going to be a train wreck, right? Something out there that they hope will complete them or make them whole and healed. And, and you couldn't get, you know, you couldn't connect with them. You couldn't help them see the light. You felt powerless over them and their choices and decisions. If so, then you can understand the pain and the sadness that Jesus experienced. But here's the truth. In Jesus, we discover a God who refuses to give up on us. A God who never slams the door or turns away in disgust but always is calling us home to be gathered under His wings. That's really profoundly good news. I don't know why we re some resist that. You know, for a longing mother hen is the mother that we ultimately belong to. She's the one weeping for us. She's the one calling us home. The reach of her wings is wide. The hospitality of her shelter is vast. Her body and her heart are on the line, and yet her desire is fixed on us. 
all of us. She will never, ever stop longing for us to come home. And maybe, just maybe, that longing that is deep inside us is the very same longing that's searching and longing for us. Maybe. I want to close with a poem, a blessing, uh, written by John O'Donohue. It's called For Longing. Blessed be the longing that brought you here and quickens your soul with wonder. May you have the courage to listen to the voice of desire that disturbs you when you have settled for something safe. May you have the wisdom to enter generously into your own unease, to discover the new direction your longing wants to take you. May the forms of your belonging in love, creativity, and friendship be equal to the grandeur and the call of your soul. May the one you long for long for you. May your dreams gradually reveal the destination of your desire. May a secret providence guide your thought and nurture your feeling. May your mind inhabit your life with the sureness with which your body inhabits the world. May your heart never be haunted by ghost structures of old damage. May you come to accept your longing as divine urgency. And may you know the urgency with which God longs for you. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you liked today's message, please subscribe to our podcast and be sure to tell your friends. You may also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com backslash St. Michael's Orlando. Until next time, remember, God loves you with a love you did not earn, and therefore, you can never lose.